Marvel DC Marvel DC Marvel DC 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 Marvel 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 No Image or Dark Horse Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Geek Chat. I'm Desmond. And I'm Rich. And we're your hosts for this roughly hour-long... Yeah, it won't be an hour-long tonight. It's probably going to be a little bit shorter <laughs> tonight. Uh, I've been working all day, both Rich and I, and I am really, really sore. I was moving stuff at the house, you know, doing a little bit of spring. Oh, that's not what I thought you meant by working it. Yeah. And was, then you're sore. No, definitely not that. Oh, okay. I'm a good one. I'm good. Anyway, uh, so we're going to be reviewing a couple of comic books this uh, this week. Um, hope you enjoy. Uh, please give us feedback. Let us know uh, in the comments, or you can join our our Facebook group, The Geek Chat. Go to the Geek Chat, uh, the group section, search The Geek Chat, and join the conversation. We have over 100 members uh, going strong, and we, uh, we're always talking about comic book stuff, whether it's TVs, movies, that's comic books. We are going to talk about it. Uh, also, uh, we're also going to talk about what was uh, what came out last. We're recording this on Saturday, so and this comes out on Tuesday. So we're going to talk about what happened uh, during uh, the the new Black Panther trailer, and and how that and how that went. Because we are? oh yeah, we are. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're, we're probably going to end with that because that was just glorious. So anyway, uh, without further ado, let's get into these reviews. Our first review is. Iceman number one, uh, right, written by uh, Cena Grace. Artist was Alessandro Vitti. Uh, colorist was Rachel Rosenberg. And letterer was VC's Joe Sabino. I'm pretty sure it's Rochelle. Oh, huh. okay, Rochelle. Uh, Rochelle. Rochelle Rosenberg. There you go. Yay. Hi, Rochelle. I think it's Rochelle. Okay, Rochelle, Rochelle. If you if, if you've ever watched Seinfeld, which was referenced in this uh, this week's episode of uh, of uh, Champions or issue of Champions by Scott, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that too. Alrighty, so uh, Rich, I started us off. Why don't you start off with this review? What did you think about Iceman Number One, his first solo book, and I don't know how long. I know he had that... Um, the miniseries one. Yeah, I, I have that miniseries. That miniseries was all over the place. Wasn't it by Kia Asamiya? I don't know. But all I know... Do something like that? All I know, because it's funny, I have the Iceman... I have that one, and there's a... I think it was issue two or three where he is... It's, it's He's facing the people, and like the X-Men are coming towards him, and he's on an ice bridge, and he's like shooting an ice beam away from the, the, the viewer. And I remember when I was a kid... I colored him in because he was white, you know, because he's Iceman. He was, so I colored him green. You colored him green. I co- so I colored him green. I still have that issue, too. But, and it was funny because um, I follow Cena on uh, social media, and he he posted that, like, a uh, spread of him reading all of those Iceman, Iceman issues to, for, to gain more knowledge of the character. And it just, I had fun memories of that. Good. I, before I start, well, before we start talking about this, uh, earlier when we were talking about the books, I just want to say Bobby has been an X-Men and been in the public eye for decades. He, do you remember well, X-Men? Well, actually not that long considering what, what Scott said in Champions. Right. <laughs> do you remember the little miniseries that I wish Marvel would reprint? I believe it was it was the first like X-Men Forever. Not the second one that 
Chris Claremont wrote. But it was a it was Mystique and Bobby and I think Gene. Oh yeah. And it was about fulfilling the, you to the most the the potential you could do because I believe they were all uh, alpha. What were they called? Alpha mutants. What were uh, they called? Yes, uh, they were alphas, alpha mutants, and they were the they were at the pinnacle of uh, of their ability. Or were they they weren't the they weren't the neo. They were, yeah, no, they no, weren't the neo. No, the no, neo no. was something, something else. Something different. So, and then you had back in the day. We're going back here, people. Where back Emma time. Emma had taken over His Bobby's body. body and did all these crazy powers. Yeah, because and, he's an alpha-level mutant, <clears> and he never used it because he was always the jokester. And Bobby still, to this day, decades later, still doesn't understand who he is in the, in the world. And I think that it's a huge disservice to the character after not just one, but two different books, and, and Emma really did tear him apart about... You are. You have so much power, and I did this. I accessed your mind, and I could do this, but you refused to. So here we are, twenty seventeen. Oh, also, also we oh, got. We, oh. No, we also got another picture of that in the future with the future. The future Bobby when they did with the ice golem. Yeah, the ice golem who was like the ice Hulk, and then we had the actual Bobby from the future who was like that weird Gandalf, and he actually had was at the zenith of his power. Yes. So it's like so he has the potential to become an omega. Well, he is an Omega, but he has a he has the position to... Omega Mutant. That's yeah. what they're called, not Alpha. Yeah, the, the Omega-level um, mutants. Omega-level yeah. mutants. Yeah, he's one of them. Magneto's another one, so is Gene. But uh, but he is, like, one of those ones, and so he's... he. I feel like he's always rested on his morals because he was the youngest. Morals, not morals. Thank you. He was the youngest of them, and he was always that's the... That's not an excuse. But that that's how they've always played and them. And that is the problem, and I think that's another problem this book has... Because you, uh, you had said earlier, you kind of wish this book was based on Younger Bobby. Well, because Younger Bobby actually has a, a more of what's going on right now. I, mean, I think I think Younger Bobby, because maybe it's indicative of of how um, younger gays are coming coming out more. They're much more. Um, Open to uh, things. Much more open to things. Because to their generation, things. the new generation, the now generation, it isn't such, uh, depending on where you live, I'm not saying everywhere in the United States or, or oh, the world. No, definitely not. But <clears throat> I just feel like the younger, they did it right with Bobby. Younger Bobby, he's gay, he got a boyfriend, he's doing his thing, he left the X-Men during the battle to go check on his boyfriend it just feels like they're already writing the new Bobby better than the old Bobby. I just feel like old Bobby is still the bumbling fool who can't do anything right. And I don't feel like he wants to. That's now not me. That's how the writers have written him. Yes. I mean, the X-Men, we all know, if you've listened to us, the last five years, the X-Men has been in the shitter. Okay. Where no one really has gotten much character progression. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, we feel that that unfortunately at this point it's only number one and we, we have we have on good authority that the, that the number two does sort of get better but but it just seems like uh with what Cena's trying to start is is that continuing that that narrative of of bobby oh. with within his new uh sexual identity yeah and i understand that there's supposed to be a little bit of or a, a, maybe a lot of coming to grips 
with you know one sexuality after having a you know slew of female girlfriends, uh, which and a slew of other stuff. See, but even <clears throat> still, though, even still, though, when when he goes in to see his parents, like we 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 get to see that that Bobby try is trying to be close with his parents, but his parents still aren't you know there, even with him being a mutant. And so I think Cena was was drawing a lot of parallels between like they know he's out as a mutant but they don't know he's out as being yeah, he gay. has no clue so you know from my own personal experience yes you can hit this is okay let me re- rewind just a little i've been reading the x-men comics for a very long time i've been through all the girlfriends with him and each time i saw in myself what the writers were trying to do i had a steady girlfriend through high school I had many girlfriends through high school. I had a fiancé when I graduated. I was ready to be married. But you still pretend. You still have to put up that front, even though you know deep down something's wrong. Now, the writers in the past never really fully said he was. And I think that's where a lot of fans, when Bobby actually came out, were really pissed. Well, I never saw that. They never said this. If you're in that position and that person is you, you see yourself. So I've always thought Bobby was at least bi or gay. I never knew what bi was. But I knew he was different. And I understand those girlfriends and what you do to hide who you are. So so then, you know, just to follow up on that, were you, I guess I guess what I, what I was hoping for this first issue was was a story about how new Bobby was feeling. Like I, I wasn't expecting to, to, to have a, I don't want to say a ton of turmoil, but I, I was expecting Bobby to be just a little bit more. Did you want it more personal? More no, to the personal no, experience? No, 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 no. I thought this was very personal to Bobby. It's just, I, I wanted a little bit. It just seems like Bobby is so, He's so just unsure, and I guess he's he's going into un, un, uncharted territory. He's moving forward. The whole scene at the beginning with him talking to himself, the younger version, I thought I thought that was really good because we get to see two facets of the same person having this conversation. Where one, even though one is is one is more, I don't want to say sexually mature. He is though, but he but is. But when you think about it, the younger Bobby accepted it is more emotionally mature than, than, than the older bobby yeah which makes no sense but it's, well, it's, it's where they're going which i think is kind of an interesting thing <clears> if you're gonna if you're gonna tease that out and i think that that would be great if cena allows younger bobby to be not a mentor but he's able to have like be a co-star in his own book i think that would be a really interesting um a really interesting narrative to have where you have this you see your younger self living this life with such ease and grace, you know, and not a pun on words, I'm sorry. Uh, and then he's not able to do that. You know, I think that's, I think that would be very interest, an interesting thing to uh, explore, an interesting concept to explore uh, within this, within this. Uh, because I don't know. I mean, is this, is this, is it all going to be, you know, Bobby pining and, and I don't know what's going on and blah, 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 this and that. Uh, you know, I, I don't I don't know. Like, it's a number one. Um, As a fan of this character, I just am sick of every writer coming in 
with their idea, and then the next writer decides something different. I mean, that's how comics work. But I just feel for Bobby, older Bobby has never been given the chance. And that was my hope for this book. So him getting on the gay dating site, trying to figure out who he is. Um, I really, I gotta be honest, I think the use of the purifier was, I don't understand the direction of that. I know you had to have some superhero actics in this. Don't understand the choice for that, considering the purifiers are attacking the school right now in Generation X. Well, they're everywhere. It's kind of like the Sentinels being in blue and gold with two different ideas, and then the purifier here wants to nail a mutant so he can join. And I, the, I the, thought that was kind of interesting, though. Like, I, I, although I thought I that was kind didn't. of interesting. I thought that was kind of interesting, but the thing that kind of threw me out was the location. No, not the location. You know, but but if he is trying to join, how did he get all that really cool gear? You know, yeah. if he's trying to join, I would have liked him not to have all of the 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 interesting gear and stuff. Um, and I thought the fight scenes were were really good. Like I thought the artists did a really good job with the fight scenes. It's just <sighs> not, 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 not the, the 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 fluid the, the fluid of movements and how he, and I love how he did the, the the swirling. It was very sort of Naruto when he did his <laughs> you know the the ball of ice and everything. But but again, it just I don't know. It's just it's an interesting book. I'm going to read number two. I'm oh, going I, to yeah. Keep continue. I'm sorry. No, I, I, because I want to see where this goes. I want to see like, is he going to tell his parents? Does it matter? Like his parents obviously don't have never met. You know, baby Bobby. You know. So I remember the issue Bobby. where where he brought Opal home, and the dad, oh my god, yes, the dad has always been a racist asshole. Depending, it, uh, it doesn't matter who it is. Well, that's, that's really cool though, because because you know Sienna was doing his homework. And we got to see that, yes, his dad was an insufferable ass, yeah. you know? And we got to see that. Now, I got to say, I have loved the artist uh, for a very long time. And I feel like here, his work was inconsistent. Very inconsistent throughout the pages. There's some beautiful pages, and then there's some hideous pages. Um, I don't know if we talked about it for X-Men Blue. Bobby's costume, to me... Why is he barefoot? It's stupid. I was about to say, unless he grows ice on the bottom. You're still walking on shit. You're yeah, still a it's person. Like, it's like gross. It is stupid. Yeah, it's like, I don't like that. On. Yeah, I didn't I didn't Put really some shoes on. Yeah, I didn't consider it's like Ugh. does this it just seems kind of gross, you know? Yes. It's just like um, I like that the uh artist went back to some early uh who was this design? John Romita Jr. did oh, the did the, the um, ice armorish thing. Yeah. But I love that he, he he made like a golem, not a golem, but he, he made like an ice statue. And yes. was able to, I thought Which it was really cool. I, like, I thought it was interesting that they the same trick is being used with the other Bobby, with what he did. So I, I'm liking the parallels um, that the Bobbies are at least sharing a little of power. Though, again, younger Bobby in blue is becoming more advanced with his powers. Yep. Than older Bobby ever did. Well, that's what I hope. I really. That's why I hope that you know Cena is allowed by by editors, and 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 I hope that he, you know, gets shows us that narrative and lets lets young lets older Bobby take some cues from younger Bobby, and 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 he is. It's not just about old Bobby because I think that having the two narratives running side by side would be really cool. You know, having young Bobby be a a um. <laughs> Having young Bobby be a uh, a side, uh, not a sidekick, but but like an ancillary character, that'd be really cool. 
It would be. So. Um, but yeah, we, we definitely will be checking at number two. Um, and yeah, you know, good luck, Sina. And and you know what's great about it is it came out for Pride Month. So yeah. Marvel got that right. Yeah, finally. So our next book we're going to review is, uh, it's a fun little children's book. Reminded me of Uncle Charles because he likes this type of stuff too. So this is dedicated to you, Uncle Charles. So it's Harvey Hits from Joe Books Limited. It's $3.99. Uh, so what so, exactly is Harvey Hits? Harvey Hits is a take back to the old Harvey Toon and Harvey Hits uh, comic books and magazines that came out in the 60s. And it is uh, Casper the Friendly Ghost, Little Lada, Ca uh, Huey, Baby Huey, Wendy the Good Witch. Didn't you used to collect these the first runs when they came out? Bitch, I was not around in the 60s. <laughs> I was around in the 60s, just not in this form. So, um, I actually picked this up. It wasn't wasn't hot stuff based off you? or Yeah. <laughs> I liked these characters growing up. They're fun. And what's missing from comics nowadays is all ages fun books. So, they got together, which is weird because... I think a lot of these properties are still like there's a Casper book coming out that I don't know if it's by this company, but it's another book coming out. Um, well, there was a one shot, and it's a it's a series of vignettes. This isn't a one shot. There's a number two coming. Oh, I thought there was a one shot. Mm -hmm. Seriously, because it's weird. It's like it, it's like a Tiny Toons or that yeah. uh, It's like Tiny Toons. It's like so Superman only... Family. It's it. They're little quick, little maybe one page, one maybe or four two pages page, uh, stories. stories by different. Oh, they do a lot of this stuff in um, Boom does a lot of this stuff too with their with like Steven Universe and stuff like that. It's just quick little one and done stories about the characters. So they're 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 they, they remind me a lot of cart the the old cartoons, the cartoons that would be for like maybe five minutes long, like Looney Tunes and stuff. It it reminds me of that, you know. And everyone gets their turn to shine. Richie Rich does, which is great because I used to love Richie Rich. Richie Rich story was actually cute because he does something for Gloria and. Of course, it goes over. He goes way over what it should be. Oh, of course. You know, he wants to buy her everything, and she's like, I got to work on my own. Um, I love that white privilege in comics, you know? The, the, <laughs> the Casper one I really liked, because Casper was, doesn't like to scare people, and the ghostly trio are oh, trying to... Yeah, they're not, they're not very nice people. No, <laughs> nice and ghosts. they're running the school, and they're like, you need to go out and scare people. You know, you have to do it. So he does. I really like this story the most. Because he tries to scare him, but everyone he scares, the effect is actually positive. Like he saved someone from burning down in their house. He saved a woman from falling out of her window. To which the ghostly trio are pissed, but he did his job. He's still scared. He just happened to save them. To save yeah. them. Um, the baby Huey one was cute. It's just, it's cute stuff. You know, it you. Not all comics have to be, you know, gloom and doom and, and such serious matters. You know, so we need a place for all different types of comics, and this is that. I if loved you it. Liked, if you liked Tiny Titans, if you liked... Even if uh, you liked these original characters. Yeah, like the original characters. Again, they were little, vignette, little vignettes uh, done by different writers, different artists. It uh, uh, there There's is a, a great cover by Alt Balthasar. Yes, and each each uh, art style and... and like there's there's something for everyone here in this in this book. Like if you're a child at heart, definitely pick it up. It is worth it. Really, yeah. really worth it. Oh, and the cover gallery in the back with all those original uh, Harvey comics. 
It was really fun. It's a really fun book. Like I really wish more kids would have seen that and gotten into that because it's a it's a lot of fun. Do you know what's sad though? Nowadays, sad? I get a lot of little kids coming in, and they all want Harley. They want Deadpool. They want they don't kids don't want to be kids anymore. I mean, little kids. They. I had one little girl in, and the mom. We were really trying to convince her about you know tiny um, the tiny titans. And stuff for her age. And she she just wanted Harley. She wanted slut Harley. Not even the, the old Dinny Harley. She wanted straight up slut Harley. Uh, Har- Harley. Daddy's little monster her, her, she, Harley. Yes. Because that's what she sees. And that's what she wants. Now, I tried showing her the Wonder Woman, um, the kids' adventures. Didn't want that. Mom tried everything. She did not want... She... Just wanted Slut Harley. Now, I, she didn't call it Slut Harley. I did. Well, get that little girl, you know, some hot pants and a baseball bat. Let her let her run, let her run wild. It's fine. Crazy. <laughs> so the next book we're going to review. By a new company. By a new company called, well, no, it's not a new company. It's Fantagraphic Books. I know. It's funny. Uh, is Atlas. Number one. Co-writer and editor, Josh Baer. Benjamin Mara was the other co-writer and art, Rick Parker did the lettering, and Matt Rota did the color. Okay, so before we start, oh boy, I want to tell you a little story. When it's I was story a, time, it's story here time today. at the Geek Chat. So when I was a little boy in high school, I loved comic books. I Were started you really little, uh, not really, but I. I was, just, I was skinny as a twig, you know, uh, with a giant high top fade. It was hilarious. These giant jazz and these giant ass Sally Jesse glasses. Not the red ones, but they were turquoise or they were, they were tortoise shell. Whoo, rocking what happened? a rocking shut up, rocking a public image limited t shirt with some Z Cavaricis and some creepers. I was all over the map. So anyway, you had a, a kid in play fade. Oh, yeah, really big. Anyway, <laughs> so but actually, it was in junior high. Actually, I was in junior high. And I was in an art class, and me and we all had to, we had we all had to make something as our final project. This was in like I want to say tenth grade. No, it was a uh, ninth grade. Um, no, it was an eighth grade. Oh my god. Anyway, so anyway, me and my friend had a friend of mine, you know, who was a fantastic artist, really really good, just raw talented artist. And I was like, yes. So I wrote a story with him, and you know, I inked it. Uh, he drew it. I inked it. I did the lettering. I did the boxes. It was so cool. Do you still have it? I uh, still have it. Still have it. I'll never let you see it. Please do. Uh, and it was, it was some rip off of like Wolverine in like a post apocalyptic thing in the world. It was. It, was, it was so bad, right? <laughs> and, and I was so excited. This book, this Atlas book, made me think of that time because this whole book to me read like a high schooler's like daydream just how it was written how it was drawn everything about it i think this the style of art reminded me of of, of how i used to draw in in high school it was just something about it it wasn't bad it wasn't good it was just this nostalgia thing that hit me with this book. It was very strange. It was very, 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 very strange. And I do want to say it's on newspaper print. Yeah, that's another thing. Um, which which kind of was a conflict for Rich and I because it's three ninety nine, yet it is on newsprint. But it's, it also is a lot of pages. It's a lot of pages, but it is it is a nice 
it is a nice throwback because it is even though it is newsprint, it's like the best newsprint you can find because the um, it's thicker and it's not the original. You know when you used to read old comics, the Getting ink would come fingers. off on your fingers. Yeah. This doesn't happen with this one, so it's it is definitely a nicer quality paper. But the story itself, it's it wow, it gets it goes a lot of different places, a lot of different places. <laughs> It, it it read like a stream of consciousness. Oh my god! That's yes. why it read it read like a high school a high schooler wrote it. You know, no disrespect to the writer or the or their editor or like that. It is the there's a lot of there is a lot of points. Sorry, in the story where it where it jumps around a little too much, and the story can be a bit confusing. With I Atlas and agree. his and his antimatter powers. He's like a Superman person, he, he's like a Superman archetype, but he's powered by antimatter, and he and there's this 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 evil guy, this like Luthers trying to take over the city, but because the whole the whole thing starts at the beginning of a rally, and he, the Atlas guy attacks the 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 uh, his Lex Luthor counterpart, and gets thrown in jail, and then his his Jimmy Olsen you know, commits all these crimes in order to get into that jail. Very homoerotic. Yeah, he Because he's like, what? Atlas is in jail? I need to get myself arrested and get thrown in jail with him. Yeah. What are you gonna do? You ain't got powers, bitch. Yeah, I don't know what he did. So so basically what he did was he lifted up some girl's skirt, he looted, and then he went to prison. <laughs> and then while he was in prison, the people were like, we know who you are. They set him on fire with gasoline. How the fuck are you gonna get some gasoline in a prison? I because don't know. Because the the Guards look the other way. I know it was just so bizarre. It, it was, was very crazy. The, the whole, the whole, the, the whole book was just bizarre. And then the good guy, uh, Atlas, he breaks out of jail, saves him, and then all of a sudden, out of just, I didn't understand this giant no, the, spider comes. No, no, the uh, the the evil guy, the evil guy got into office. And then he released his thing, which was a hive mind. And so there was this giant, it's a hive mind of all the, all these spiders. different spiders. No, I know. But it just, it's like, as you go page to page, I swear. It's a stream of consciousness. It almost. really is. So the guy, his girlfriend gets killed. Everyone gets killed, it seems, that's close to him. So you get one panel. Yeah, everyone gets killed. There's one panel where the girl is getting electrocuted and... Yeah, the evil guy, his evil arch enemy, and then all of a sudden she. What is his arch enemy? God, God, rain god, rain god is his arch enemy. Who and he electrified the girl who was who was comatose because she got too close. She got too close to the to the to the hive mind machine that created the giant spider monster. I got and it. then and then and then Atlas used his 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 antimatter beam. He, like he I love it. He prefaces everything. My antimatter breath. My antimatter beam. My antimatter strength. It was just so. It was. It was really funny. Um, but like he he uses his beam and the and all of the spiders fall off of this giant mother spider that he has to fight. And then the, he rips the her shit, heart out. Yeah, this shit was bizarre. Bizarre. I, I swear to God, it was a stream of consciousness. I think the guy just sat down and just wrote a stream of consciousness of like, we're gonna go here. We're gonna go here. It was it. It's pretty bizarre. It was a very bizarre book. Um, it was it. Reading it was a chore because I had to keep going back because I'm like, as soon as you turn the page, I swear you're already in. Um, you're in a whole nother idea. Yeah. And so I'm like, wait a minute, and I had to go back a couple pages. I'm like, where does this fit in? It was it was odd. Even even the ads, like even even the ads in the book that 
are this retro looking because they have on the back they have a retro 90s like ad and it's called crime destroyer and it's a video game and it's like this 90s you know video game and there's ads in it like in the old books where you sent away for stuff or you filled this out and mailed it in and and they did that and they they created an entire comic to feel like an old comic it was i think it was a great idea i think that it needed um Someone to say, what are you trying to do? Well, it's usually the what editor. What is the story you're telling? It's usually the editor, but the editor co-wrote it. So. And that is a problem. <laughs> that is why you need to have someone else read your stuff so that they can say to you, this doesn't make sense. Well, hey, you know, they they obviously had the money and the power. They obviously had the money and the power to do it. I got him as he was sucking on you. Oh, so there was a... So Rich has been trying to kill a uh, mosquito. a mosquito, and he saved my life as the mosquito was sucking on my blood, and he smashed it. So, so uh, Rich at whatever, you're my hero. <laughs> so the next book we're going to talk about, it's not really a comic book, but it, it is a comic book magazine. And by that I mean it is a comic book only in form. And it is the uh, Comic Book Legal Defense Fund's... Um, it is their comic, which is a interview magazine, sort of, so to speak, and it's called uh, Defender, and it's only fifty cents, and uh, all the proceeds go to the Comic Legal Defense Fund. Why don't you tell people what that is? Yeah, the Comic Legal Defense Fund is is basically, and people, yeah, I'm probably gonna get this wrong, but to my knowledge, the Comic Legal Defense Fund, it, it is founded in order to help uh, comic book creators uh, retain their retain rights to stuff it, it's like a to, in order to help and them for and for banned books to, to, to get their stuff out to get their books out into the public you know to stop censorship um stop plagiarism to stop all that stuff um and that's what it is only 50 cents in this issue we have um an interview with mark and draco for his book uh love, love is love, is love. Which is great because this is a Pride issue. This issue came out around Pride. You know, June, June. is generally Pride Month in uh, in the U.S. and and the, and the world to, to a large extent. And then it's it's just a magazine. It's just a magazine um, with proceeds going to the Legal Defense Fund. And the reason why we're talking about it is to shine light on this book. Come on, people, spend fifty cents. Buy, purchase this, read it because it is a way for the Comic Legal Defense Fund to fight for the rights of comic book creators. Well, not only that. So one of the things that they do is they also try to defend banned books. Yes. It is the year 2017 and books are still being banned from schools, libraries, etc. And I found I read this. We we talked about we were gonna read it. And I ended up Googling a lot of these because, uh, so one of the things is... And this is issue two, by the way. Issue two, volume two. Um, so they have their wins and their losses of the things that have happened. And there was a book called Jacob's... This is in North Carolina. In North Carolina, I mean, no disrespect for a lot of the good people that live there, but y'all are fucking crazy, the ones that wanted this. So there was this book called Jacob's New Dress. It's a first grade anti-bullying program in Charlotte, 
Meckleburg Schools. The book was removed because complaints from a local Republican lawmaker disagreed with the book's gender nonconforming themes. So I googled this. I really wanted this book. I want to support this book. It is about this little boy who tries dresses on to be who he is. Mm -hmm. It's a teachable moment, but yet a group of people decided they don't want their kids turning gay. Probably a small group of people at that. A small group. So this book was banned. A book is banned. Everyone listening should have a problem with books being banned. That is what this talks about. They talk about different books, and like they had a win in Idaho, but a loss in Arizona. And I, I read a lot of this, and I was shocked at some of these banned books. Persepolis? Persepolis. Persepolis was banned. It was challenged for offensive language and violent content. The Graveyard Book, fucking Neil Gaiman, challenged for violent imagery. Uh, drama by Raina Telgamir. I need to learn how to say her last name. Uh, challenged for sexual content and gay themes. And they, Bone. I can't believe Bone was, was... Bone, Dragon Ball. So I actually ordered for the store this one summer. I didn't know anything about this. Yeah. Um, it was banned for sexual content unsuited to age group. And if you have to read, I'm not going to tell you why. The first page talks about it. But it's all because of gay material. And then if you read Love is Love, uh, Jose Villarubia interviewed um, Mark and Draco, yeah. who we know who Mark and Draco is. If you remember Manhunter... The Great Manhunter from DC Comics. He was the writer of that. And he worked on The Love is Love. And he, he talks about um, book banning and how it's just it's crazy that we live that way. He talks about, you know, the small, like, one million moms who are actually like a dozen old white men who don't like anything. They're small. And they should use their ener energies elsewhere if they really cared about people. And it's true. You know, we live in this country now where books are being banned, people are being banned. It's just, it's not a good thing. So, also in it is a, a little, very little thing from Jean Gwen Yang, who writes the new Superman book. Not mm -hmm. new Superman, the new Superman. Yeah, the Chinese Superman. Um, but talking about censorship. So, pick it up. Read it through. It's only 50 cents. This is a good cost of support if you are a comic book reader, um, which hopefully you're listening to this, you are. And it's, it's ask for it. Support this cause. Whenever I see them at a comic book convention, I always buy something. I always support them because they're helping to ensure that you and I can continue get to get these books uh, that we cherish. So that's a plug for them. Uh, it was, not, it was not, we didn't pay for it. I actually bought it from Ridge. So, you know, ask for it. Like, I, I paid for it. Yeah. I put it on my saver. So <laughs> I'll gladly give 50 cents. All right. I'll gladly get more book too. So. We are going to read, um, Des, you, you're not a huge Star Wars. You're more Star Trek, right? No, I like them both. You like them both? Okay. I'm a more Wars. I'm definitely, I am definitely a, 
I walked the line. I walked the line. All right, Johnny K. Between um between Star Wars and Star Trek. <laughs> I think they're both fantastic in their own rights. Um I do think that if they ever had a crossover, I do think that Star Wars would destroy Star Trek. But... If they had a crossover, A, it would never happen. It's like Marvel and DC again. But they don't even have to fight each other. If they came together, or even if, what is it, the Federation yeah. works with the They're... Alliance yeah. to fight the, no. Oh, it would be to fight the Siths and Sword of the Romulans, oh I guess. Oh my god. Heads would explode. Yeah, that would be pretty weird. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. A, heads would explode, and geeks would have geekgasms everywhere. It'd be a sticky, bloody mess. Moving right along from that image, um, <laughs> I wow. So, sticky, bloody mess. A okay. sticky, bloody mess. So this is Star Wars Darth Vader, number one. Yet another number one. For they, Darth Vader as well. This yes. is, is this like a second or third one? It's a second. So they allowed... The other to go 25 issues. It was a main story. This is something different. The writer is Charles Sewell. Pencils, Giuseppe, Cam and Coley. If you ever listen to us, I love his art. Inks, Cam Smith. Colors, David Curiel. Letters, VCs, Joe Caramagna. Now, and the cover was Jim Chung. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, first, I want to say congratulations, Mr. Uh, Giuseppe Cam I love saying your name. I love your art. It is so cool watching you grow from book to book to book to book to now being the artist on Darth Vader, one of the Marvel Star Wars biggest books. And I think it's great. I'm sure he's going to send you a thank you card. I would love that. (laughs) I'd actually like him to sign a couple books because I really would like to meet him. I love his art. And Due to the fact that there's only one real face in here, his signature scratchy look fits so well with Palpatine. And the way he draws um, the crackle, just the, the energy of this book. Yeah, the force lightning. Oh my god, so good. His aliens look great. Um, so this, this book takes place... Particularly, minutes. Yeah, minutes after uh, episode three, in which... Um, in which Darth Vader is put into his iconic armor and Padme dies on the table, giving birth to his his two children. Or her, Luke and Leia. Luke and Leia, giving birth to Luke and Leia. And he is like, Vader is just like like a, a wild dog, argh, flashing out the force at Palpatine. And so they have a, they have like a pseudo sort of battle. Not really, but it's like, you know, once... He probably gets his footing. He like electrifies the shit out of you know Vader, telling him to like know your place. You know you are the I am the master. You are yeah. The... You are my friend, bitch. But do not do this again. Yeah, he basically told him, "If you touch me with the force again, you're out." <laughs> so <the laughs> seriously, whole... like no, I know. he like a flash on his ass. He's like, "Don't you touch me again, bitch, or I will kill you." <laughs> so the whole idea of the book is to learn where and why red sabers, where they come from, how they are red. Yeah, he needs to get his lightsaber because the saber that he had was from a Jedi. And that is wrong. And that is not. That is not. He needs to get his own saber. And so they take him back to the... the, So they take him to the planet that... I, I can't remember the name of the planet, but I think it's the planet that he actually has his... His, um... His, uh, Citadel on. Where, um, in... The Force Awakens, where they not the Force Awakens in um oh my god uh Rogue One, where they go to Vader's planet. I think that's the planet where he's on. I can't remember. It's the planet where he lost his legs and all that. So anyway, he has to go there and he has to find 
these uh, the, the the kyber crystal. He has to find a red kyber crystal. So that that is his his mission, his journey, and he's killing people on the way. I mean, that's literally it is a much more condensed not condensed. It's a much more compressed story based around him and his goals. Like, well, he's seeking out. He's seeking out a Jedi, a Jedi, a Jedi, a to, Jedi to take out. Yeah, to he get needs his... to take the lightsaber. Yeah, so he has to kill a Jedi to get. Yeah, his, um, because at the beginning you see you see one of the Sith, you know, people burning all of the lightsabers of the people that he killed um, before when he was Anakin before he became um, Darth Vader. So it's like, damn, you know, Darth Vader's kicking a lot of ass in this in this book. He's kicking a lot of ass, taking a lot of names. So it's a four ninety nine book, <laughs> and I think they could have made it a three ninety nine book had they not included the backup story. I actually liked the backup. He story. liked it. I thought it was misplaced. It's a cute little story by Chris Eliopoulos and Jordi Belair. It is a cute little story about Darth Vader killing a bunch of people to piss him off. All his his captains that bring him bad news. He kills and the little and the little and the, okay in in the original Star Wars. There was the droid. Well, they well while they were um, well they were masquerading as stormtroopers, and they had uh, Chewie with his uh, bound, and they're walking down the, the halls of the Death Star, and the little the, the little it looks like a little tank or a little a little uh, like vacuum cleaner droid, kind of the black kind of zooms up, and you know uh, Chewie growls at it, and it goes beep, beep 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 beep, and it wheels away. So it's like this maintenance droid or something. So this droid. Is trying to spending all this time trying to prepare his chamber. Darth Vader's a meditation chamber, but Darth Vader keeps getting interrupted by these by these uh, admirals or people, and he keeps having to choke them out, right? And he's like, does uh, and he's like, you know, you're the only one who hasn't failed me, and so and then he fails him, and then and then he gets mad at Darth Vader, and he he uh, he like hits him in the shin, and Darth Vader kills him, and then gets into his chamber. I liked it. I thought it was cute. It was cute but unnecessary. I felt like it was padding in order to make that extra buff. It definitely was padding, and it could have been put into another, you know, I would rather them release a whole bunch of them in one book and call it, like, Vader Kids or something, you know? Vader Kids. I don't know. Star Wars Funnies. (laughs) Vader Kids. Vader Kids. I, so I really don't read a lot of the Star Wars stuff. I want to. I read Darth Vader the first couple chapters of it. It's very dense. It's very dense. I'm I'm actually going to continue to read this one. Oh, Kamikoli. Because of Kamikoli. And you know what? Charles Schultz is not a bad... He's not a bad uh, writer. Did you just say Charles Schultz? No, Charles Schultz. He's not a (laughs) Schultz. I was like, Charles Schultz? He did. Charles Schultz is like riding Vader from the Beyond the Grave. That'd be cool. That'd be scary as fuck. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we've got a couple more books here on our little comic book journey. The next one is Aftershock Comics presents Baby Teeth, (laughs) number one, from Donnie Cates, who was the writer and co-creator, and Gary Brown, who was the co-creator and, I hope that says artist, who can tell? Mark Engelbert, sorry did the something, and Taylor Esposito did the something. Don't put little red letters on black. I can't read it in the dark. All I know is, I think, when I was reading this as a book, I was like, I'm sure, like, this is a, a, like a, 
auto uh, like a biographical story about your mother you know <laughs> I hate you so giving much. birth to like the antichrist so i was not born i just showed up you showed up you showed up at the party like hey. i showed up at my mom's doorstep and be like i'm yours and stark was like take this little bitch <laughs> i'm uh, done <laughs> yep so, so that's basically what it is it's a story about a woman who gives birth to the antichrist and it's Really? I don't know. She's just this little, you know, white girl from the Midwest and she got pregnant, um, out of, married out of wet, pregnant out of wedlock. Um, she didn't expect to have the baby. And then she's, it's weird though. Cause she, she hid it. She hid it for, for, for everybody. She wore baggy clothing. And then she, cause like it starts off and she's, she's, she's right. She's, she's recording something for her baby. So is the baby with her? Is the baby not with her? I think the baby is with her, but she's running from somebody because, because at the end we find out that she's in Palestine. Palestine she's in one Palestine year later with the baby. So the baby's a year old. So I no, think, there's no baby there. Uh, maybe she was holding she's it. She's not. She's uh, like. So maybe she's just talking to someone, and someone has sold the baby, or the baby. Maybe the baby. Um, I don't know. Grows really fast. I, but this... the whole the whole beginning of the story was just like her and her 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 crazy sister. Um, who can beat up every anybody and they're trying to get her to the hospital because her her water breaks but it's nothing but blood it was and there's really earthquakes and there's earth, earth shattering every contraction is an earthquake and then she gives birth to this demon baby it's like a little it's like a little white baby but it has black eyes and she's like okay and before she gave birth she was like in the red and i yeah, and then like the this baby, is a freaky well, they, ass book. Yeah, the baby had the had the black. Literally, the baby's with black eyes, and it's like you know they're 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 saying like you know he's also called the King of Ash, the Void Lord, the Antichrist, the Final Son. And she's looking at her in a picture. She's like, "It's my baby boy." <laughs> so maybe she doesn't know that it's and then the she devil names baby. It Clark. Yeah, after Superman. But the dad what? was like, after your great granddad, she's like, oh, "Yeah, sure, okay." Yeah, but it's not. It's, it's so like Superman. so. What happens? Like so I'm kind of curious to find out what happens. Like like I don't think I've ever read a story about about someone giving birth to the end. Like I've seen the Omen, and I've seen the second one. You know what sucks? I think I could have read the second and third issues, and I don't think I did. You should have. You should have because like well, if I, I can still get them, I will. Because I'm like wondering. Like I, it's it's an interesting concept because in the cover is so striking. It's like a, it's like the, she's holding a pregnancy test, and it's a, it's like a upside a, down pentagram. Yeah, pentagram where the where like the positive thing was is, and you're like, <laughs> ah, damn. So this people give birth to the antichrist now. But and I'm wondering like how where where do you go with that? It's like. You know, obviously, is is there like cultists are gonna find her? And like, I, mean, I think we, I, I guess, I have to read the number two to see what happens. I don't know. The the art was serviceable for oh, for uh, we, no, 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 no. We the, talked about that a thing, couple weeks ago about art being serviceable to a story. But that's what I think. It's like when when the earthquake was happening, and the and the um and when she was having the uh the contractions, how it went to that red, really scratchy, like almost like you know. Mm-hmm. demonic you know look it looked like it, it serviced it serviced it like the the baby looked equally kind of scary like it was weird because the baby just looks like a normal baby but its eyes are fucking black so it's like it looks like oh shit, yeah you know? so the art style was reminiscent of both um albuquerque and um oh god i can't remember his name either i was gonna say phil phelps phelps oh yeah no uh, no no i get it no Sean. Sean, well, Sean Murphy. No, Sean Phillips. John Phillips. Yes, Sean Phillips. I'm sorry. Sean Phillips and Raphael Albuquerque. 
yes, it does feel like that as well, yeah, which is holding the baby. From like Baytel. Yeah, yeah. It's that it's that scratchy dark art style that still shows the form, but doesn't show. Ah, uh, it's the. Yes, it is very Sean Phillips to me. Yeah. Good. Good. This is good a really, issue. really strange first issue. Yeah, I'll good, tell you. Good first issue, um, and I love it. I love it because at the back of at the back of um, aftershock, they always show pictures of the creative team, and for this one, they were all baby pictures. Uh huh. That was really really cute. I was like, that's a really nice uh, addition to this by by making all of the the, the intros to the the creator bios picture, baby pictures. And that was really cute. So. Our last book that we're going to review today is a book that I started to get back into because... Why? Because I told you to. Because my co-host was like, you got to read this one. Because I, I really liked it. You really liked it. Because I stopped, I stopped reading it because... Uh, when well, tell Grin, what it is. Well, Gwynpool came in. Did you tell him? No. When Gwynpool came in, I stopped reading it. And it was champion. It was one issue. And, and it was killed a, it. It was... killed it. Well, she ruined she what was a great issue. killed it for me. I'm sorry. I do not like that character. I think the character is unnecessary. I, I just don't... I'm voting with my with my wallet, and I, I don't want to you know vote for her. So anyway, um, this book entirely is about Viv. There you go. Um, and it was written by Mark Wade. A pencil was Roberto Romas. Uh, inker was Victor Olazaba. A colorist was by Edgar Delgado. And letter was Clayton. The letterer <laughs> and production was by VCs Clayton Cowles. So. This is a book about um, Viv. Viv. Two girls. Yeah, Viv goes to uh, San Diego to check out the I forgot their name. The a, a rival group, the Freelancers, called the Freelancers. I don't know. I was making that up. It is. They're the Freelancers. Woohoo! I remembered something. Yeah, they're they're the Freelancers. And while she is there, um, she meets a new superhero called the Red Locust. The Red Locust is a uh, Hispanic. Uh, superhero, and it it was a a mantle that has been passed down for generations and generations and generations through boys, through boys, through sons. That was an important part, I think, for me mm-hmm. of this issue. Yeah, is that both girls had dads who. So in Viv's case, we don't know really what's happened since, but he's grounded her because of what's happened. And if you did not read The Vision, it was spectacular. It was an amazing book. It's collected in two trades. And it's it it's actually quite sad at the end of it for what happened to Viv. You know, should I just say it? Sure. So she lost both her mother and her brother. So now she is the only child of The Vision. And he and- hasn't been happy with some of the choices she's making. Yeah, and it's like they they're showing pictures of like father time, father and son time and she does she's trying to understand why because again, she is an artificial intelligence. So she's trying to understand you know what it is like to be, you know, human. And then you've got the red locust who this mantle through generations of helping people has been passed down, passed down and her mother died before she could produce a male heir yep. to the father. So now here's the dad with a daughter. Who has to take up the mantle. Who has to take up the mantle. I really like yeah. this issue. I, I really did too. I, li- I like their characterization. I like that they, you know, they teamed up. And I, I loved that the Red Locust, her 
I loved her um, her pep. I loved how she was like, yay. And she she goes, jumped into shit. Yeah, she was like, let's just do this. And, and there's she was, bombs and guns, and she's she like, was, um, let's just do it. Yeah, well, she was, she was like fearless because she wants to prove herself. And Viv is much more cautious because, you know, Viv is like, you know, must save everything at all costs and let's keep it going. You know, keep keep life, life lost to a minimum. And so they had to work together to to find this this woman's son who, you know, got into selling drugs and doing bad stuff. And and if he stops, his leg blows up. Yeah, because they, they implanted, and they're runners, they implanted these micro-dermic uh, explosions or uh, yeah, explosives. So Viv, you know, was able to disarm it and stuff. It was just, it's the really, I, I enjoyed the issue. I thought the art was spectacular. Ramos really does well with these characters. One thing that I did not like is, and Rich brought it up and, and it just, it rung true even when I saw it. It was the first thing I realized. Even uh. Deanna told me. It was fucking Kamala Khan uh. sitting there all together. They're having a fucking night in as, as the as a group, they're literally as just friends. as friends kicking it, and she has her fucking mask on. It was bizarre. Like I, I still don't understand that. Like I, I get it. The rest of them, they have costumes on. They probably just got in. But why does she still have her mask on? And the other thing about the the whole thing is, so Scott, they were talking about what did you watch growing up, and Scott says not much. You no, know, Professor Xavier School is the first time I had a roof over my head since childhood. I'm glad they talked about that. Besides yep. the orphanage, the orphanage did too. And there wasn't much time for TV. And then he says, oh, I like Seinfeld. I was like. Yeah, which means they were they were kids of the what? 90s. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that, that to me, you both can't coexist. If you were a child in the 90s and Scott's dead, older Scott's dead. Mark Wade, you're doing a good job. That was a huge what the fuck moment for yeah, me. Yeah, that that kind of took me out of it too because the hell again, like I, I thought it was really established that it came from like the '60s or the the '60s. So having him reference the '90s was was a little kind of out. It, it it took me out of it too. But other than that, it didn't ruin the book. No, it just totally. I was yeah, like, this was just, doesn't make sense. Weird. And then the backup story was great because immediately there was we got to see. The origin of the Red Locust. And, and I it thought was, it was really good. It was exactly what it's supposed to be. Three pages. No, it's four pages. Three, well, but not the origin part. Well, so four, yeah. four pages for this to get an origin story in. Yeah. yeah. We can't get, it, it's taken them forever to tell some, do you know what I'm trying to no, say? No, I totally understand. I, I liked it. Like, and this then she's, worked. She's going to join the group. She's going to be. I in, hope. No, she said she was. Well, she. I Let's think see if is. this character makes it past Secret Empire. What happens past Actually, Secret because Empire? It, because the next one is Secret Empire, right? Yeah, uh, unfortunately. But yeah, I think I think it's time to return to Champions. I really liked this issue. I love the introduction of Red Locust. She's like, I like her. I like her energy. You know, I liked how he wrote her. And I also think she'll fit in well with these kids. I do too, because of how she is a go get 'em, and I think that on the team the way you have their personalities, she is going to be a little closer to Nova than anyone else. Because, you know, when it comes to, I don't want to say instincts, when it comes to that, going without thinking, that's Nova in this book. He doesn't really, instincts. He, he doesn't really think before he does anything. Well, that'd be so fun. I really like it. Another dynamic will, will really help a teen book. So. And it needs more girls. Yeah, I, I agree too. So everybody. be on the penis. <laughs> 
And on that note, we're going to call this one to a close. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to give a special thanks to our sponsors. First sponsor I want to thank is Gene Gilmet of rltpress.com. Gene is the artist for the Geek Chat and a few other people. And he does uh, all those fantastical pictures of Rich trying to kill me. Thank you so much, Gene, for that. Thanks, Gene. You can check him out on rltpress.com or you can check him out on uh, Comic Book Resources column, The Line It Is Drawn. That's posted on Fridays usually. Posted on Friday. He is a contributing artist for that but he won't be doing it he's got one more page left of our book it's so done after it's done he finished it it's finished all he, yeah now he has a now he has a pages to color yep. so almost done he's a he is a workhorse he gets shit done does it yes, all does. people um Next thing I want to uh, next person I want to give a shout out to is Terry Miller. She is the mistress of the mix board. She is the one who does all those fantastical sounds that you hear at the beginning and the end of the show. Thank you so much, Terry Miller. Also, want to uh, give you a little bit of information. Uh, I'm also hosting another podcast. Uh, it's a video game podcast, completely different from this. Uh, it's called Gaming Vessels. So if you want to check that out, it's on SoundCloud as well. It is Gaming vessels check it out and let us know uh if you like it and want to give a special shout out to our main sponsor uh whatever comics located at 548 castro street in san francisco check us out on the web under whatever store online and on facebook whatever store give us a like and i guess we're going to be giving you our black panther report next time well one thing i actually the only thing i need to say about black panther is it looks amazing blackness at 100 percent i cannot wait 95 5%. No, no. When I saw when I saw Angela Bassett with that white hair, I was like, it's done. Literally, I was like, it's done. Bring He's it. snapping. It's fine. I was like, it's done. Bring it. Thank you. It looks great. I, I cannot wait. I it cannot looks wait. amazing. Yep. So, uh, thank you so much. We'll see you later. I'm Desmond. I'm Rich. And we'll see you later. Bye. Well, you just want to get the hell out. Why don't you say bye? I said bye. The Geek Chat.